Hello and welcome to Breathe Motherhood and All Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today we're going to be talking about companionship after loss. So we all know that in the aftermath of loss, it can be a very lonely and isolating time. And it can be a time that we either want to be alone or we wish we had companionship, but maybe we're afraid of crowds or we're uncomfortable around people. Um, Social anxiety, anxiety in general is very common following loss and traumatic situations. And so a lot of people find themselves considering or actually going through and adopting or buying a pet. And so we're going to talk today about the benefits of that and how that can be something that can really help support you in your grief journey. Animals are amazing. They have a way of sensing when you're sad, when you need something. They are truly loyal. They love you regardless. Um, And they can be a great, great help. My husband and I about, oh, I'm not sure how many days it was, but it was within the week after our son's funeral, we bought a puppy and he brought us so much joy and he still does. He's a member of our family and we just love him to death. He holds a very special place in our hearts, partly because of how and when he entered our lives. He entered our lives in a time when we were broken. We were at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, we were literally at the bottom of the pit, ground zero. And he gave us something to love. He gave us something to care for. Um, He needed us. So that was good to be needed, to have someone or something to snuggle. You know, we let him sleep in bed with us where he would cuddle up next to us. He gives you kisses. You know, he has kissed so many tears off my face. Um, We'll just be right beside you, loves you, but you know, yet wants to play and so forces you to play with them. And you know, you need to take them on walks and feed them and make sure they have water and you know, take them to the vet. So there is that sense that it like makes you do things and makes you nurture and care for something else, which can be really helpful for people when that's a struggle for them. When they, you know, don't want to do any of those things to have something to kind of force you to do that can be really, really great. And then also we have all of our maternal instincts that are just in full force with everything. Um, When you have your postpartum hormones that are crazy and so having something to love and care for can be very therapeutic and can be very helpful you know we all know that animals can be a support animal and it's not very hard to get your pet um, registered as a support animal Um, so that's definitely something you can do and then you get the perks of that that's not something that my husband or I ever ended up doing with our dog although we did consider it but he definitely has functioned for us as a support animal we're at a point in our grief journey now where he's not so much um, a support dog as he just is a member of our family that we love and adore and has been a wonderful blessing to us he was the first thing that allowed us to really smile again um 
And you know, again, he obviously doesn't replace our son. He didn't cure all of our problems, but it was so therapeutic to have him and to, you know, at least take him on a walk. And although, yes, I wanted to be pushing a stroller instead of holding a dog leash, at least it gave me something to do. And it was something different than before because we, um, as a couple, as a husband and wife, never had had a pet before. I grew up with um, dogs as a child. My husband did not grow up with pets, so he, um, he'd always wanted one. And so it just seemed like the perfect opportunity and time to get one. And so I definitely recommend that. And if you're not a dog person or um, that doesn't really fit your lifestyle, there's obviously other types of animals that you can purchase. You know, we have friends that got a cat and their daughter has red hair. And so they got um, an orange cat to kind of match that and a little bit of a reminder of their daughter. And that worked really well for them. Um, but you know, everybody's, everybody's different. Everybody's needs are different when it comes to that. Um, and so I just would encourage you that if that is something that you're at all interested in to go ahead and to, um, look into it and seek it out. And maybe for you, a puppy or kit kitten isn't something that, um, is in your lane maybe you don't want to deal with like the potty training and you know just the the energy that can come with you know baby animals but you can always go to the shelter you can always you know adopt an animal that's in need that can be a great benefit you can get some awesome pets that way and there's all I mean there's always shelters with animals that need homes and so again it's something that we can kind of do to like bless something else in the midst of our loss which again can be therapeutic when we do something that's like outside of ourself and for the good of others um you know those like good service acts and stuff and so that can be a great option for people as well but you know when we think about what is an emotional support animal all it is is an animal that brings emotional comfort and support and they can be you know dogs cats rabbits birds, pigs, goats, guinea pigs, hamsters. You can even have snakes as an emotional support animal. So truly there are just so many options. Um, you know, maybe you live in an apartment and you can't have a dog or a cat, you know, potentially you could have a bird or a guinea pig or a hamster or maybe a rabbit or something. Um, my husband did have a rabbit at one point in his childhood and you know they were great friends he would take it out and play with it in his yard and they really interacted together and he really had a special bond with his rabbit so i definitely know people that have had rabbits that have had great bonds with them and you know that can be a little bit of a lower maintenance animal um if having a dog or a cat is a little bit too much for you that can be another great option um, and then obviously things like hamsters and guinea pigs, those are really easy. You know, they can live in their cage for as long as they need to with their toys and food and water, but yet you can take them out and snuggle them when you want to and when you're in the mood and they're pretty easy to care for. They're very, you know, low expense. So those can also be like some really great options if you just have smaller living arrangements or you're limited on what you can or can't get. 
Um, obviously, if you have land, you could always get goats or pigs. Um, you know, I think we often think of animals like that as farm animals, um, even like cows as farm animals. But when you are around an animal, you know, you can foster relationships with them and the relationships that you can have with animals can be really, really special. And so you can definitely have these more traditional farm animals um, as pets if you're more like, you know what, I don't really want something inside my house. I want it outside, but I want access to it. You know, those can be a great route for you if you have that type of property um, and that more fits your lifestyle. So regardless of your lifestyle, where you are, there are emotional support animals pretty much available to anyone. And um, I know so many people that just talk about the support their animal gives them. Maybe they already had the animal before their loss and just how much their animal helped with them and just could sense that they were sad and grieving and just would want to love on them and support them. And just how nice it is. You know, they say that dog is man's best friend. And I think that is so true. You know, even the people you love the most at a certain time or another you're going to disagree you're going to have arguments but you know your dog's always excited to see you come home they love you unconditionally and that can be such a good feeling um when you're mourning and you're in grief and you experience all these secondary losses and maybe you feel like your support system isn't what you had hoped or maybe you don't have one at all or maybe the friends that you thought would be there aren't there or the family you thought was going to be there isn't there um you know your animal will be there they don't disappoint in the same way that people can and so that can be really really awesome um once you get your animal registered as an emotional support animal um which to go about that, you usually just need a letter from some type of mental health specialist, therapist that says, yep, this animal brings their owner therapeutic emotional support. And it's very, very easy to get. Um, you don't have to have something tragic happen in your life to have a, your animal registered as an emotional support animal. So it's very easy for people like us. It's you're a shoe in. It's so, so, so simple. If that is something that interests you. Um, and when you do have emotional support animals, they are allowed certain privileges that if they don't have that title, they're not allowed. Um, the top reasons why people get emotional support animals is one is just companionship to reduce loneliness. And as we talk about again and again and again, losing your baby is such a lonely place to be. You know, yes, we have... Um, SIDS that still occur, sadly. You know, the rates have greatly decreased since the 90s and the 80s, but it still happens. We have stillbirth. That's one in every 160 pregnancies. That rate has not declined um, over time. It's a rate that has stayed pretty consistent, and we've even seen some rises here and there. Um, and then we obviously have children that um, are born sick and pass. We have children that passing tragedies you know there's all these other things that can cause that can cause um you know the loss of our children and so it puts us in a very lonely place because although this community is actually quite large and far reaching it's a community that's very much hidden and put in the dark and a community that society doesn't really want to exist they don't really fund the research um, they don't have a lot of resources for us compared to other types of situations and tragedies. And so we often are very forgotten about. And um, between that on a societal level, and then oftentimes even 
um, the way those close to us or our acquaintances or our coworkers handle things like this, it can put us in a place of extreme loneliness. And so having a support animal just gives you that companionship and it just gives you someone to love, to care for, and that loves and cares about you back, which can also be a great, um, a great thing. And we do know that, um, animals can lower anxiety. They can help with depression. So we know that we can be definitely sensitive to anxiety and to depression. And, you know, a, that's somewhat of a normal postpartum issues, right? Like postpartum depression. We know that depression is common after grief. And when you're bereaved, you have both of them combined. So it's just a double whammy. And so it can be really, really helpful to try to help combat those things and make those things better. Um, there's huge housing perks. If you have um, an emotional support animal that has its letter from your um, mental health therapist, um, land your landlords, sorry, cannot discriminate against emotional support animals. Now I'm not hundred percent sure if you already are renting and you're under contract and then you get one, how that exactly works. Um, but if you are looking for a place or know you're going to be renting soon, if you go ahead and get that um, letter and everything set up beforehand, they can't tell you no, which is which is really nice for us. Um, another great thing about emotional support animals is that there are certain pet fees and tariffs that are raised. Um, sometimes in rentals, you know, if you have an animal, you have to pay an extra fee or something. There's nothing like that. They cannot charge you for having your emotional support animal or anything like that. So that can be, you know, just another perk, especially if money's tight or you're worried about how is this going to work with my housing situation. Um, there are a lot of laws in place to try to make it more friendly for us, which is amazing too. Um, not all airlines allow emotional support animals. Um, all airlines have to allow service dogs, but since they do perform different tasks and an emotional support animal isn't like trained for something ex like exact, you know, whether it's to detect if somebody's gonna, their blood sugar is about to drop or they're going to faint or whatever it is. Um, since they're not like that, not airlines don't have to accept them, but many airlines do allow you to travel with an emotional support animal, but you definitely want to like check that ahead of time. But if you're someone that travels a lot and you're like, oh, but what I do with my pet when I'm traveling, um, there's definitely airlines that allow you to do that. So just call and see ahead of time and then you can choose those airlines to fly on. And I know that I feel like the majority of them do, but definitely look into that for yourself. Um, and then this isn't unique to obviously an emotional support animal. This is true of all animals. It can help give you that routine and just help give you some health back and we talked about that earlier you know you have to you have to let them out you have to change the litter box or change their cage you have to make sure they have food and water they need their exercise they need to be played with you know they need that human interaction and so um that can just help you get into a routine you know again care for something outside yourself put those maternal instincts that are overflowing within you at work to give you something to like mother and care for and those all can be very healthy and therapeutic for you mentally spiritually and physically so that's awesome as well 
And then we do know that emotional support animals are greatly, greatly beneficial for those struggling with mental health disorders. So regardless of what it is, whether it's depression or it's anxiety or anything else, we have study after study that shows how much dogs in particular can help humans um, with mental health with mental health um, illnesses and issues. Um, we know that animals boost your happy hormones and they just make people happier being around them. Um, and so, you know, in your brain, you're releasing hormones like oxytocin, your dopamine, serotonin, all these good, happy chemical hormones, which is good for us. Like those are hormones that we need. Everybody is supposed to have certain levels of those for their own health. So it is um, a good thing to have something that can encourage your brain to release those because it will make you feel better. Yes, it's not going to take the pain away, but it will help you be mentally healthier. It's going to allow you to mentally feel better. And it also will affect your physical health because oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, those are all hormones that do affect your physical health and your day-to-day life. So that is awesome that they can help you in your mental health as well as like your hormonal health, which affects your physical health. And there's just many studies to show that that is a very true statement. Um, and then people that suffer from chronic stress and often losing your child will be, if not the most stressful thing you ever encounter in your life, it's got to be right up there towards the top. And so it can be amazingly helpful for those really stressful situations. And, you know, although we might not be diagnosed with chronic stress, um, you know, the grieving process is long and it's hard. And so you are often in a really stressful season, you know, maybe you're on bereavement and you're worried about bills or how you're going to pay for a funeral that was completely unexpected. Um, So there's just a lot of stress that comes with um, death, unexpected death of a child, the stress in relationships. And so it can just be really, really good to help combat stress and give a healthy outlook. Um, we know that emotional support animals, um, lowers your blood pressure. And when you can lower your blood pressure, that can really help with stress. And there's just something about petting an animal and cuddling with an animal that we can just see from science lower stress. Um, and that's really, really amazing as well. They're also amazing for post-traumatic stress disorder. And I know that we won't all get diagnosed with that as bereaved parents. Um, but I do know that it is a thing. It's quite common to get that diagnosis. It's quite common to, to have a lot of the symptoms of PTSD. Maybe they don't last for forever, but at least at some point in the grief journey to pretty much be able to check the box on PTSD like symptoms. And so we do know that, um, emotional support animals, um, which it's not unique to really them. It's not like, right, a certain type of breed. It can be an emotional support animal while another can't. But just animals in general, they're highly intuitive. And they know when you're overwhelmed. They know when you're sad, right? They can read your emotions and your feelings. And they can really help you um, with your PTSD. And you can get special dogs that are actually trained for that. 
um, and that they can sense if you're having a nightmare or a panic attack and they can kind of give you the support you need to wake you up from the nightmare um, to help you get through the panic attack that obviously would require a specially trained dog. Um, so if your PTSD or your panic attacks were severe, 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 where you needed something like that, then that would be something to look into. But if you just struggle with some anxiety and panic attacks, if you struggle with some nightmares, um, it can be just helpful to have a regular emotional support dog that doesn't have specific training because they can, um, still provide you a comfort and it's, and they can still oftentimes sense that you're upset or worked up. You know, they might not know how to wake you up from your dream or something, but they're there to love on and to help you after you wake up or after you get through the panic attack or even while you're in the panic attack, if you have the ability, um, to pet on them and hold on them, they can just kind of help support you through it and hopefully shorten it and then help you in the aftermath of it, um, just with dealing with the effects, which can again be a great, great thing. And something that's just really awesome that animals are so amazing in that way. Um, And then we also know that emotional support animals give you legal protections with housing stipulations. Um, you can't be discriminated against. So you are protected as we kind of talked about earlier, um, which again is, is really great if you have that. Um, and so if you want to get your pet recognized, you don't have to do that. Like the first moment you buy it, if you already have a pet and you want to get them registered as this, or you interested in buying a pet and getting them this registration um, there's not a lot that you will have to do you're just gonna have to submit a payment and sign some forms and then you will need to book a consultation with some type of licensed mental health therapist in your state a lot of times you can do this online nowadays sometimes you do have to go in person um, and then they just give you an approval letter with your emotional support animal letter. Um, you can do these online where you can just choose your state and they kind of do it all for you. If you are seeking counseling or therapy, you can talk to your counselor, your therapist about this and they can totally either do it themselves or if they can't, they can certainly send you to someone who can and recommend that. Um, so I know that our own therapist counselor, when my husband and I went to some sessions for probably about three-ish months, two, three months, um, offered to do this for us at the time. We just didn't do it, but we were very interested in it. Um, and you know, we've kind of continually talked about it and kind of wanted to do it, but never actually bit the bullet and did it. But, um, you know, we could always do it now. Like you never run out of time, which is great. And to just know the effects of, of having an emotional support animal and and again, the fact of the matter is it's not like, well, certain animals can provide these benefits and others can't. You know, this can be true of any animal. Now, obviously, just like people, all animals have different personalities. So some may be better at this than others. But, you know, when we look at these studies, these are just in general. These are just dogs. It's not this specific type of dog or cats, not this specific type of cat. So we do know that like certain animals do tend to do a better job than others. For example, a dog or a cat is going to be much more acutely aware of your emotional needs than a snake. Um, but I think the whole point of this is that pretty much regardless of what type of animal appeals to you, you can get 
get it licensed as an emotional support animal. Um, most of the studies of emotional support animals are done with dogs, and they do get the highest ratings just because they tend to be the most in tuned with people. But again, not everybody's a dog person, and if you're not, and if you're a cat person, you know cats definitely provide benefits as well. Um, so I think that as long as you choose an animal that you're comfortable with, um, you know, and you understand their flaws, their weaknesses, and then their strengths, and kind of know what you're getting yourself into in that regard, then you, you shouldn't be disappointed. But if you expect a cat to be a dog or a dog to be a cat or a snake to be a goat, you know, or a goat to be a rabbit, then obviously some disappointment's going to occur because, again, these animals aren't trained. It's just saying, hey, this person you know, gets a lot of emotional support from this animal and needs it. And that's all it is. So, um, it is easy to get, which is, which is awesome. And it can just be really, really good with handling grief, helping you, bringing you a smile, helping kind of get you out of bed, giving you some purpose, giving you something to love and care about. And those are all good things. And they're all things that can help us in our grief journey, um, and can give us the support and can give us love and so I do highly recommend them if it's something that fits in your lifestyle, um, that fits, you know, in your budget. And again, you can get animals from the shelter that are very inexpensive. Um, sometimes, you know, there's always people giving away barn cats, so you could get an animal for free. Um, you know, there's a lot of options, a lot of options out there. And so definitely something to consider. Um, and I would encourage, you know, someone to do unless you're just totally not an animal pet person but I mean even I've known people that didn't think they were animal people and then end up becoming maybe not an animal person but very in love with their pet and that their pet has provided them amazing needs and really really helped them and so that's been great to see and great to hear so anyways I just wanted to talk about the importance of emotional support animals, kind of what they do, and just um, if you haven't thought about it, kind of raise the awareness on that, throw that out as a suggestion, as something that can help you. Um, I know that they can be really, really wonderful. I firsthand can talk about how wonderful and special that they can be, and it's just really great that you have all those protections and that you can still travel with them. So. They pretty much can fit into your lifestyle regardless of your living arrangements or if you're someone, you know, that's on planes a lot or not. Um, it can just be a really great thing. So definitely something to check out if you're at all interested. Um, and it definitely comes highly recommended. But just know that, you know, you're always on my heart. You're on my mind. You ladies are in my prayers every night. Um, my heart really goes out to you. Never forget how special you are. Um, what an amazing mom you are. Your child loves you so, so dearly and is so blessed to have a mother like you and to be loved by somebody like you. Um, and just know that you're not alone in this world, in this community. This is a community, a club that sadly grows daily um, and will continue to grow for the end of time. I wish none of us had to be here. I wish, you know, clubs like this didn't have to exist. But I just want you to know that you're not alone. If you enjoy the episode, then go ahead and leave us a review. Go ahead and rate the show. Um, if you would like to suggest topics that you want to hear discussed, email us at maverickjohnconnis at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your stories, connecting with you. If you ever want to share your story, just reach out. We would love to feature it on the podcast. It's always a joy and delight to get that opportunity. 
And we just can't thank you enough for being here. New episodes drop every Friday morning at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And um, we look forward to seeing you next week and hope that you have a very, very blessed weekend. And never forget what an amazing mom you are.